0: But um, She was a military veteran and Paralympian um, and she phoned up the veteran services asking uh, for a chairlift to be put in her home so she could get up and down the stairs easier because at the moment she was using a wheelchair as a stable to get up and down the stairs and she wanted a chairlift and on the phone she was told to maybe seek maid instead um, because that would solve her issues. Um, She could just commit suicide and that would solve her issues. Um, And now she's in the process of taking the government to court over it.
1: Isn't that disgusting? (laughs) It's
0: it's revolting,
1: in all honesty. And honestly, the most disgusting part is she's not the only one who has that experience. Mm -hmm. Welcome to the Earthshaking Conversations podcast. I'm the host, Clarina Paquette. Today we have a very special guest. His name is David Poinsingh. We're friends on TikTok, and yeah, how are you?
0: Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are
1: you? I'm pretty good. Good, good. Yeah, so today I wanted to talk about a big, big topic in Canada right now, which is called MAID, which is the sugar term for government suicide, basically, um, assisted suicide. It is a big thing in Canada right now because they're trying to legalize it to the point where... Anyone who has a mental health disorder diagnosis can now get executed by the government. So what are your initial thoughts about MADE?
0: So for for me personally, um, I think MADE is a good system um, at its base in the sense that people who no longer want to be around anymore can legally um, end their lives. but I believe the way they're uh, now pushing the system is going too far into the sense that uh, people who are having a bad time might make a bad decision um, and will end their life when it really shouldn't have ended.
1: Yeah. Um, well, my I don't know. I'm still a little bit confused how I feel about MAID. Um, like, I'm a libertarian in politics, but I think that with giving your government power over, you know, like especially like lethal power, it's always a dangerous slippery slope. And that's why I'm like opposed to it. I'm also obviously opposed to it because I'm Catholic, but that's you know personally, um, like that's a personal opinion. But yeah, I like think it's really, really dangerous to give the government that power. and I think we're seeing it pretty abused lately.
0: Yeah, so um, I, I completely agree on that. Um, the, the 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 difficulty for me is making it so um, people who want to end their life can end their life. Um, because right now, is suicide is obviously illegal, right? You can uh, you'll get arrested, you'll get put in a uh, mental asylum or mental home, or whatever they call it in Canada. I'm not sure the the term they use. Um, but yeah, they'll 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 arrest them, put them in a put them in a thing, and then drug them to death and then turn them into a vegetable over time because they didn't want to be around, but they forcibly keep them around. Um, but then on the other side, yeah. Um, given the government, the power over you, um, and when you read the small print saying that like your family members, if you're not able to make a decision, can make the decision for you is kind of scary in my eyes. Yeah. And yeah,
1: so, um, euthanasia, it's I actually was doing a little bit of research on that. Euthanasia was legal in Nazi Germany in 1930s. And look what happened, right? Yeah. And what I, my issue, my biggest issue with made is giving the government that power. And like, like you said, giving your family members that power. Like, you know, my grandfather, for example, he's 91 years old. He doesn't have this, like, authority to do anything now because he has dementia. And let's say he's a Catholic and his son wants to unalive him, (laughs) he can, he has that power. And that's an incredibly scary power to have.
0: Yeah. It's, it, 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 it can go too far. Um, there's plenty of examples out there where there's reason for family members to push for euthanasia. Um, say, um, one family member fell out with their mother who is in a coma. Uh, she could come round, but before she went into the coma a week before she said, well, I'm writing you out of the will, but she hadn't done it yet. Cause she went into a coma and then that daughter would have a reason potentially to be like, yeah, we should, we should just end it. And the government is giving people the right to to kill people effectively in certain ways. It It is it, a system which, needs to be very, very careful in how it's implemented so it doesn't get abused and people aren't getting unalived when they shouldn't be.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I was on TikTok yesterday and I was, I don't know, watching something like contents of like end of life, like how it is to actually die. And people were kind of explaining that. And the other thing is when it comes to made, I think that we're kind of, we're, the other opposition I have more like the personal opposition that I have to made is the fact that we're basically removing a essential part of what it means to be human. Like suffering is part of being human. Yep. And we're essentially saying you don't have to go through that. Mm -hmm. Like to me, that's, I don't know. It's an incredibly like it's, I don't know how to say it, but it's really like problematic. You know what I mean? Because suffering is part of being human. Now you're giving people that option. Oh, if like you don't want to suffer, you can just kill yourself. And that's an incredibly dangerous um, power to have.
0: Yeah, so um, a bit of evidence, well anecdotal evidence that I have that made could be really, really bad. Um, My friend, um, I won't obviously name drop, um, he went through a tough breakup, he went through a divorce, um, and his dad recently passed away as well. Um, and he was in a really bad place, you know, he felt like he had nothing left. And, like, his marriage fell apart, his dad had gone, um, and he didn't want to be around anymore. And obviously, in the UK, there isn't a maid serv- made thing, you can't do voluntary euthanasia or anything, but I feel like that's something he would have looked at and seriously considered. Um, at the time, because he he went through it bad, um, like real bad, and I feel like if he was there and he had no one and he spoke to someone, they're like, "Yeah, made maybe this is the right decision for you." He probably would have taken it, and he he's doing really well now. But he wouldn't have been here to do well if that system was there and it was offered to him, which is kind of scary. Like, it's, is it, I I don't know. Made is. It's a really tough subject.
1: Yeah, no, I totally, totally agree with that. And and that leads me to the veterans who are being mm. pressured by the government, by yep. government officials to get executed. I, I call it government execution because to me, that's oh, what yeah. I when I see medical assistance. Um, but yeah, get executed by the government. It's the government abusing their power to unaliving citizens.
0: It's Yeah. Are you are you aware of uh, Christine Goffier? Is
1: that the, paper, like, like the Paralymp
0: Yeah, so- the Paralympian who uh phoned up she was uh I'll go through the story for people who don't know about it, but um she was a military veteran and Paralympian. Um and she phoned up the veteran services asking uh for a chair lift to be put in her home so she could get up and down the stairs easier, because at the moment she was using a wheelchair as a stable to get up and down the stairs and she wanted a chairlift and on the phone she was told to maybe seek maid instead um, because that would solve her issues. Um, She could just commit suicide and that would solve her issues. Um, And now she's in the process of taking the government to court over it.
1: Isn't that disgusting? It's
0: it's revolting in all honesty.
1: And honestly, the, the most disgusting part is she's not the only one who has that experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's like, I think, four or five veterans who currently have that experience where the government and the government officials are telling them, we're not going to help you. You probably should get executed by the government. Yeah. It's really disgusting.
0: Yeah, it's... It- It's revolting to think that the government instead of trying to help people are trying to just get them off their books because obviously as a disabled military veteran, they're obviously getting a military pension and the government's probably seeing it as an excuse to, you know, save a bit of money. He's like, oh, why are we paying this person thousands a year um, in a military uh, like injured uh, benefit? So let's just, let's just get rid of them. Let's try and get them to commit suicide. And it's, it's disgusting to think that a government would even allow that to happen.
1: Yeah. And, um, I saw a few articles from the CBC, um, who basically said, oh, made is so great because we're going to save money. Yay. Like it's yeah. such a disgusting way to t- like, to talk about humans, right? Like, yeah. These, these are people at the end of the day like these are people and the government is trying to like unalive them basically because it's not convenient for the government anymore
0: yeah the the, the fact that this service is even being promoted is a, a core issue for me it it like i I agree with made in very extreme circumstances say somebody is like Disabled from the neck down, they're in a bed 24 hours a day, they can't even move. All they can do is maybe talk. A lot of them, a lot of people aren't even verbal or just move their eyes and look around. I completely understand it for those cases. But when someone's asking for a bit of assistance so that they can live and they're getting told to to die, it's disgraceful and it's the system at fault for those that happening. And it needs to be changed as quick as possible. Um, and the extensions to it with just mental illness just mm-hmm. need to be removed straight away. I'm sorry, but committing suicide because of a mental illness is not in, in my eyes wrong. I, d- I don't think it should be allowed.
1: Yeah, and most importantly, the government shouldn't be assisting people with... Uh mental health problems to committing suicide that's a, yeah. such a like I, I don't even have words for this because i have family members who have mental health issues and mm-hmm. if made was you know if made was legalized in, in that time they might not be here
0: exactly like the, the the only the only thing i could say um as a uh kind of a uh i don't know what the word um a way to make it a little bit easier is to say to stop making suicide illegal. I don't. I, I've never thought suicide should be illegal. If someone does want to end their life, they shouldn't be criminalized for it. Um, but the government assisting you, an able-bodied person, assisting you in that is a disgrace. You know, because obviously there needs to be a way for people to end their lives when they want to be, be done with life, but some people can't end their own lives, you know? People in, like, disabled from the neck down, they can't do it. So there needs to be a legal way for a family member to help, you know? Because before, people would have to fly to, like, places like Switzerland to do it, um, from Canada. And there's quite a few news stories about that before Maid was in. But they brought Maid in for that reason, and then now they've just kind of just gone crazy with it and just extended it and yeah, it's it's crazy now.
1: Yeah, and you know, it's I, I just can't believe we're in this state. Honestly, like I, I feel like I think this every single day. I see something about made or about something else that the government is trying to do, like banning all the assault rifles. You know what I mean? Like yeah. banning hunting rifles. And I've always had this like thought about the government. Um whenever you give them like something, you know, when oh they'll like start with made, it's like abortion. Abortion started in the seventies as like safe, legal, and rare. Like they were promoting and and now it's like, well, get an abortion to save inflation and all of yep. this bullshit. And it's like you give the government an inch and they're they're gonna run a like mile with it. And yep. to me, whenever made was legal in two thousand seventeen, I think.
0: Yep. I always it was...
1: saw it go down a dark path,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? And, like, we even seen, like, a recent example of this is, and I hate to say it, but it's 1930s Germany. Euthanasia yep. was legal. They started yep. out with, you know, the typical, if you're terminally ill or whatever, and then they ended up with, well, we're actually killing all the Jews and all the disabled people. And to me, that's where ultimately MADE is going to end up with, if we don't speak
0: out on this. Yep, and there's been discussions as well of them extending it to um, children who are mentally or physically disabled as well, um, up to a year old. So if your child was born with Down syndrome, for example, up to a year old, you could use MADE, which is insane. That's effectively abortion to a year old and that is that's murder in my eyes. Um yeah.
1: It's
0: it's it's incredible that it's actually even being discussed and people are actually talking about it like, yeah, this is the this is the right thing to do. And it's it's insane. It's just it's just it's beyond reproach. It's it's <laughs> it's hard to like use words. Yeah. Um staying like unemotional about it because it's it. Pfft. how people can accept this and think it's acceptable for you to decide if somebody else should live or not. It's it's effectively murder. It's it's legalized murder.
1: And that's exactly what it is. I think that, you know, obviously everything the government says is quoted, right? It's oh, it's for your own good. It's giving them dignity. But yeah, what they're trying to do, in my opinion, is that they're trying to normalize death. That's what they're trying to do. That's why, you know, abortion laws are so crazy. Um, where you can abort your child a minute before it comes out. You know what I mean? Like, yep. they're trying to normalize murder. And now we have this Canadian company who is glamorizing MAID, like, government execution, they're making ads about it, like, "Oh, this is so great!" This it. There's nothing. Like, I just don't think it's dignifiable. Like, it, it's getting executed by the government is nothing. Like, it's nothing like they're saying it is. I'm sorry, but it. Like, it's just. I don't even have words for this. Like, it's such a perhaps. Yeah,
0: like, it, like the ability to do it in certain cases. Again, I, I agree with it, but the point where. I can be sat watching the Toronto Raptors playing basketball and then it cuts to an ad break of saying here, eh, here's maid, commit suicide is just it is mind baffling. You know, it's just so, so wrong um that it's being advertised um on TV. Mm-hmm. It it's it's just insane that like is <laughs> it's, it's it just leaves you speechless because there's is nothing you can say which can possibly make it okay for it to be that way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And um, when I saw that, I was I was like, "What in the world is this? Like, what are you like? Are you guys joking here? You know, like mm. I I just have sorry, cat. This is Zara." she'll make cameos um yeah it it's just so disgraceful like there's not even words to say that it's it's so bad this is how bad it is that the toronto star like the most leftist publication in canada is actually against it yep that's how bad it is
0: yeah i i i I struggle to see who came up with the bill and pushing it to extend it to all of these things, I I struggle to understand where they see the positivities out of it. And any time you try to ask someone for the positivities out of it, they'll just repeat the same thing, which doesn't really explain why they're extending made to people with mental illness. You know, like, it gives people dignity, but people can have dignity and suicide anyway you know it's it's, committing committing suicide is not difficult um to do like physically obviously mentally the side of it of doing it is i could never do it you know like i've obviously tried to like hold my breath underwater for as long as i can and then you just you you go up right Mm -hmm. but like if you really wanted to you you can do it pretty easily you know bridges and i'm not going to go into that but you know it's it's not it's not difficult to do if you're physically abled but to advertise it for the government to do it for you is just it's just insane and i i just can't see um i can't see anyone using it um who goes yeah i don't want to be alive anymore i'm going to go to maid i just i just feel like it's just going to be people being pushed into it and like tricked into it effectively you know, but you'll be there, you'll be seeing your therapist, because how long is it gonna be before a therapist starts doing it? You know, you pay some money to go speak to a therapist, and the therapist is like, Yeah, maybe you maybe maybe you should commit suicide. I mean You know, it's it 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 really does scare me. It It just doesn't make sense to be be a law.
1: Yeah, and it's not very different than what's going on with gender identity right now like if you go to a therapist and you say hey you know i'm having trouble with my gender they're going to say transition and take all a bunch of hormones and cut your cut your breaths off and sterilize yourself and then
0: yeah like we we both grew up i'm not sure exactly how old you are but i grew up in the early 2000s in school and um, obviously I had plenty of friends. Um, I had one friend, she was, uh, called Olivia and she was like, my mom used to child mind her and she was a tomboy. Mm-hmm. She dressed as a boy. She acted like a boy. She played sport like a boy. She hated girly things. And then if you see her today, she goes to work every day in a dress, you know, mm-hmm. and she does her hair every day. She wears makeup. She, you know, does her nails. Like she never used to do that, but she does now because she grew up. Out of it, like as a kid, you just kind of do what you're interested in, and as you grow up, you e- evolve your hormones start kicking in, you start going, "Oh yeah, maybe, maybe I do like boys, and maybe I do like this, and maybe you know this is interesting to me, and oh maybe I do want children, and if you start giving these hormones to ten year olds it's it's too late they're they're they're, they're screwed. Um, is just going to completely destroy their lives.
1: Yeah, I mean, I had a similar experience growing up. I also grew up in the early 2000s. And, you know, I was a farmer and I was a cow girl, you know, like I loved cows yeah. and I grew up as a tomboy. Like if I would have went in my overalls at school with my shitty boots, if I could, my mom would yeah. me. <laughs> and if you see me today, I don't even wear pants. I only have dresses. Yeah wear dresses, I do my nails, I do my makeup, I do my hair, I am completely different than what I used to be when I grew up, which was a tomboy, like I, you know, did not have any interest in dresses, I didn't have any interest in anything girl related, and, you know, I wasn't even that interested in boys when I was a teenager, and I grew out of it, and it's so crazy to me that, you know, they're giving these hormones to these kids, Um, And I always say, like, I probably would be a guy if I was born a little bit later. And if I didn't like cows, (laughs) I didn't have a passion because that's honestly, that's the biggest problem in our society today is that people, they don't have like a meaning to life. There's no meaning to life anymore. It's just shallow and, you know, like very yeah, very shallow and there's no meaning to life. You know, there's no, the whole hardworking thing isn't really a thing anymore. Parents will give anything to their kids anymore. And thankfully for me, I grew up with this love for cows, this love for farming, for tractors, for, you know, vehicles and stuff like that. But if I didn't have that, I, who knows where I'd be today. And a lot of this gender identity stuff is people, young women who have like not great social skills, aren't very popular and they'll do anything to have friends and to be popular. And sometimes that will include transitioning into a man.
0: Yep. Yep. Like I, for me, I I have no problem with an adult transitioning. Um, it's their body. Do what you want, act how you want, live how you want, go for it. But allowing a child to do it, who's not old enough to make their own decisions and understand the ramifications. That's the big thing is understanding. Cause obviously a 12 year old can be like, no, I know I don't like football and I don't want to watch football as like, okay, you can make that decision, but you can't make a decision, which is going to affect the rest of your life um, at the age of 12, because you just aren't developed enough to understand the ram- ramifications of that decision over the course of the next 60, 70 years. You know it's a decision you make right there and your life just changes every single thing about your life just completely changes um and that's a decision that shouldn't be left up to a somebody who's not old enough to do it and going back to maid somebody who isn't um, mentally aware enough because if they're suffering from mental illness they don't have the ment- mental fortitude to be able to make a decision that is going to change their life, in my opinion. If someone's being diagnosed with a mental illness, how are you then going to allow them to make a mental decision which is going to affect their life? Because you've said that they're not mentally stable, but you're still going to allow them to be killed by the government. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Like, it's... I just can't believe we live in this world where I even
0: have to make an episode like this, you know. Yeah, it's- yeah, but it, I don't, it's it's crazy to me. Um, but my solution is make make suicide illegal. Don't don't incarcerate people for um ten years and drug them up to the point that they're just mashed potato. Um, if they try to commit suicide, you know, like give them give them counseling, give them a therapist, let them talk through their decision to try and do it, and then let them go and if they want to do it again then that's up to them that's their decision like it should only be this made service should only be available for people who are unable
1: uh-huh. to
0: end their own lives you know
1: yeah,
0: like people who yeah. like for example cancer where their 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 life is just so poor the state of their life is just so poor and the suffering is so much um, that they can just end it early like my my nan um, the last couple of months of her life she was in um, she was in a home and every time I went to see her the first thing she would usually say to me is like obviously hey Dave how you doing and then it would be I don't want to be here anymore and it was heartbreaking for her to say that to me over and over again Um, and honestly, it probably would have been better if she could have ended her life a little bit early, um, in her case, because she was still mentally aware. She was just stuck in a bed and suffering every single day. And it was, it was terminal. She was gonna, she was gonna pass away. Um, and she, she knew she was gonna die, and her suffering was so much. It's like, that's where the service is acceptable in my eyes that somebody who's had a bad day, you know, they lost their job and their wife's leaving them should not be given the option by the government for them to kill you. It's it's crazy.
1: And also like, I'm really sorry about your, but your Nan, by the way, um, also this, like, I was talking to a friend yesterday and she was kind of telling me like the kind of the same argument. And I was like, yeah, I understand that, but where is this going to lead? Are they going to kill all of the 65-year-olds, for example? Like, yep. Is it going to yep. come to a point where anyone who's not productive to society are going to get unalived? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And And this is, I am so skeptical of giving power to the government that they shouldn't have. Just because yep. of history, first of all, like, you know, it happened before in history, um, yep. this happened in Nazi Germany in the 1930s and forties. And we know the government is a, like the government's intention behind MAID is not what they're saying. Like they're, it's not about giving dignity to people who have terminal, ter- uh, terminal illnesses, it's about saving money and it's about control. It's about giving themselves that power and like maybe, you know, in 10 years, maybe they're going to use this against the unvaccinated, for example. Like, I know it sounds like a crazy conspiracy theory right now, but giving them that power to kill people. Yep. It's so dangerous. And like, I'm even skeptical about just general made. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. skeptical about the, like, giving people, which I have so much compassion for people who have terminal illnesses. Like, my grandfather was in a wheelchair, and he, for 40 years, he could not move barely, right? And I have so, like, I had so much compassion for him having to suffer 40 years of, like, incredible pain. And, you know, what kind of what kind of, um, like, power are we giving to the government?
0: You know? Yeah. Yeah, because I, I always say this when when people um, debate me online about uh, the government being given powers which they shouldn't have. Um, most recently is the Emergencies Act, mm-hmm. and them saying, oh, yeah, but they didn't really do all of the stuff they could have done with it. All they did was remove the protesters faster. And I'm like, yeah, okay. This government didn't use the Emergencies Act to its full effect. But imagine in 15 years' time, the Emergencies Act has been used six or seven times um, when it doesn't need to be used, and people kind of just accept it. They're like, oh yeah, it's just the Emergencies Act, it's fine. They become desensitized to it until, you know, the second coming of the Nazi party gets in power and they invoke the Emergencies Act and they start imprisoning people because of their beliefs, mm-hmm. um, because that you are allowed to do that as the Emergencies Act. It, it's kind of crazy what it can do, and people are just so dismissive of it. Um, it's the same with made. You know the the power which people have, the government has with this is kind of scary, because all it takes is a couple of forms to be signed, and the government can legally kill you. And the conspiracy theorists out there will say, well, you know, maybe that's what they're going to start doing to get rid of people they don't like.
1: Mm.
0: You know, they arrest someone, like somebody who, a political enemy they don't like, they arrest them, they say that they did something, they diagnose him with a mental disorder, and then they say, oh yeah, he wanted to end his life, and boom, Bob's your uncle, they're out the picture. And obviously people will be like, no, that would never happen, but it's happened in the past Mm -hmm. history would state that it show that it has happened they did that sort of stuff in the past and we say no today we would never do that but you don't know that for certain because it could still happen
1: exactly and you know there's so many examples there's so many recent examples of the government having a little bit of power and then taking it to the full extent like i can think of you know Nazi Germany, Soviet Union, Russia. I've done a lot of research on Soviet Union, Russia because it hits close to home because I'm a farmer and I see contrast to Soviet Union, Russia to today. You know with food shortages coming and all that. And you give the government, and I can't stress this enough. Unfortunately, there's two classes of people in Canada. There's people who are awake, people who value their freedom, and then there's people who want to be safe and who want the government to take care of them. And what I've concluded is you're either one or the other, right? You're either like us, you value our freedom. We want our guns, you know, we don't, we want the government out of our, out of our house. And then there's people who, and usually those are the, uh, like opposers of the freedom convoy, for example, where they're saying, well, the government, they have your back. And it's like, sorry, dude, but no, they don't have your back. They will never have your back. And it's just really hard for them to accept that because, you know, they, they want to blame the government for everything because it's easy when you have someone else to blame for everything that's going on wrong with you. Because, you know, when you live in a capitalist society and you realize that the only barrier is yourself, that's not an easy thing to accept. And not a lot of people are self-aware enough to know that they are wrong, right? Yep. We also have... Um, the same people who, you know, they were pro-lockdowns, they were pro-vaccines, they were um, pro-forcing people, forcing mandates upon other people because they wanted to feel safe by the government. And, you know, part of realizing that the government is so corrupt is also realizing that it's not just the government, it's every single institution that we came to know. It's the public schools, it's the church, it's literally everything, right? It's the media. And to realize Canada is very, very much institutional based. I don't know if you've realized that um, if it's the same in Alberta, but you know, we value our institutions, we value our media, uh, we value our like our public schools, we value our healthcare and to realize that every single institution that we came to rely on is corrupt and is working against us. It's a very hard realization for many
0: yeah. So, um, an example I have for that was uh, before I moved over, I was I was in the air force. I was in the Royal Air Force in the UK, and there was a load of stuff going on about with uh, pay cuts, and I was one of the few who had an opportunity to sit down um, with a couple of the big wigs, like the they called air ranks. They're like the top top guys, um, and ask questions and kind of have them explain the reason for the stuff they were doing. And one person asked a question. It's like. Why are we getting a pay cut, but all of these ranks and above aren't getting the pay cut? So all of the big wigs were not getting the pay cut. And the guy said straight up, didn't even like try to like be political about it. He said, well, I'm never going to vote to give myself a pay cut, am I? And right there, that was the point when I knew I had to get out of the Air Force. And I knew that like a career in the Air Force was not what I wanted because I didn't want to make it to the top and become part of that statistic and um it's it's the same with every um every level of government they'll never vote to give themselves a pay cut because why would they and I, I honestly i can't blame them for it it's like why why would you vote to give yourself a pay cut why would you vote yourself out of a job and it's going to take someone who's genuinely there because they care and it's not about them to make the change. Um, when things will get better, but I don't see it happening anytime soon um, in Canadian politics. Um, I, I don't, I don't see a future in the near future where things will really get better on a on a political level. I feel like the vision's going to be around for quite a while, and it's going to take someone to come along who really is there because they care um and not because they have their own goals.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. And um what are potential solutions to like This is something I've battled with because I've been involved in Canadian politics since I was 8 years old, so it's been mm-hmm. quite a long time that I've been following Canadian politics, and it's really only since covid that I just even even with Polyev coming in, I'm kind of a fan of him. I still have my doubts because of how much stuff, like what kind of stuff the Trudeau government has done to us. I still have my doubts about Polyev. Like I'm hoping he can balance the budget and, you know, kind of get can- Canadians back on track. But there's just so much damage that's been done by the Trudeau government via like legislations like made via lockdowns and mandates via like so many different ways via inflation. I don't know what solutions there are to prevent this from happening in the future.
0: Yeah. So um, in the last couple of years, since I've really started getting into politics, well, after moving to Canada, I was like, I'm actually really interested in Canadian politics. I always followed it in the UK, but I, I never got too far deep into it. But um, the one thing with Canadian politics I've seen is because of how big the country is and how small the population is, um, the voting system in the federal level is just insane. And honestly, in the future, I see Canada splitting up. Um, I see it becoming a West and East Canada um, because as it stands right now, The decisions made on a federal level do not represent the country Mm -hmm. obviously represents the proportion of population of the country but with how different the country is in certain areas it can't represent the whole country like in the uk the whole country is smaller than alberta so you have 60 million people living in an area smaller than alberta so the weather's the same the economy is the same, like it's all affecting everyone else because I live four doors down from a farmer who lives next to an IT specialist, who lives next to a policeman, who lives next to a teacher. Right? You have everyone who lives down the same street. Whereas in Canada, Alberta, you can live in an area and the only people you see are farmers. Or you can live in another area where the only people you see work in IT. Well, the only people you see work in you know retail because of how different and diverse the country is um like Alberta is massively blue collar everyone's blue collar out here and then you go to Ontario mm-hmm. and you have the is it the, that Toronto area what's the what's the, G- the word for it the yeah. GTA yeah right so top. that area there is pretty much all service industry based you don't have anyone working in you have, obviously have blue collar there, but it's not the big industry. The big industry there is service-based like um, IT and, you know, office work. And you have all of this power in certain areas for votes and the rest of the country is ignored. Like, I think it was the Saskatchewan in the last federal election was completely blue. Every single seat was conservative.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they have that whole province has zero say at the federal level because the Conservative Party don't don't have power in parliament. So that whole province is ignored because they have no power. And it's it's insane to me that a whole province can just be sat there going on the federal level, everything which is passed at a federal level does not represent anybody or any area in that province. And for me that's a big issue. Um and that needs to change in the future, for Canada going forward, for it to stay stable. Because back 50 years ago, before the internet age, where you could talk to other people, it kind of was just accepted. Um, but now it's not, because people can talk, and people have their own views and won't stand for that anymore.
1: Yeah, and... Um... Yeah, there's a certainly a big issue with, um, I, I call it like the war between the elites and the blue collar class, which was essentially the freedom convoy, and that's the reason why they enacted the emergencies act because you know the blue collars rising up. I think I really, as a Canadian and my family has been in Canada for four hundred years, close to anyways, um, since the sixteen hundreds. I really, really hope that that doesn't happen. I hope that instead we can at least reform the federal voting system because that massively needs to change. Like, you're right. Like, the GTA basically rules the voting right now. Like, Mm -hmm. we get our voting elections, we know who's the prime minister before I think the polls even close in BC and Alberta. It's insane. It's completely insane that that's even a thing. And the, the problem is, you know, there's, we call them here, they Laurentian elites. I'm sure you've heard that term, um, yep. the Laurentian elites rule. And I would say it's even like Northern Ontario is very much mining and farming. Um, if they could just like cut it right at Muskoka and then take us with you guys, hopefully
0: because
1: I <laughs> don't want to move my farm. Yeah. <laughs> um, You know, I really would hate to see Canada split up. I love this country, like, it's, it would be extremely sad if they could, like, if they could at least... I'd love for Polyev to actually say that he would reform voting. I I haven't heard him say that yet.
0: Yeah, he he doesn't really, he doesn't really say a lot. That's one thing I've noticed about Polyev is he, he, he sounds really good. He's kind of like, in my eyes, he's like the conservative Obama like obama when you listen to him speak you're like wow this guy yeah he sounds good but then he doesn't he doesn't really say much you don't you don't really he doesn't like when i because i went and saw him live and i afterwards like my girlfriend's parents were like wow yeah yeah really impressed yeah definitely gonna vote for him and i'm like he didn't didn't say anything there was absolutely nothing of any substance he just sounds really good right now so when it comes to voting um, and he actually releases his platform, it's going to be interesting where he stands on a lot of stuff. Um, but I, I, I feel that the next step for Canada is, obviously you've probably heard about the Alberta Sovereignty Act, mm-hmm. is I, I see other provinces doing the same and Canada stop being a country as they are and move more towards the american um system, in the sense that states have a lot of power in in America, right like one state can have certain rules and another state can have other rules, but then at a federal level, you obviously have murders illegal, this is illegal, and I feel that is the best way for Canada to to move forward. Because obviously, already certain stuff is already provincial responsibility, like healthcare is a provincial responsibility. Other stuff's provincial responsibility. I feel like a lot more needs to become provincially regulated. Um, obviously, you need to keep the RCMP, um, but move it more towards an agency rather than boots on the ground, as more of a information. Agency to link different provinces together, but I, I feel provinces need to be given a lot more um, power. Because yeah. if, like right now, obviously you have se- like federal seats, um, and at at the top level, it just doesn't matter what happens in the west because the east has all of the power, and it needs to move towards more of a democracy at a high level, kind of like Europe where they'll have a European Parliament, where res- representatives of each of the countries go to there. Whereas you have that, and it's representatives of each province goes to um, Parliament. Because Quebec already do it, right? They have the Quebecois party. Um, and when they go to federal Parliament, they're there to represent Quebec. mm mm-hmm whereas when conservatives go conservatives from Saskatchewan go to parliament they're there to come to represent the conservative party
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that's their priority is the conservative party it's not Saskatchewan and it needs to change and people need to represent their people rather than representing a party
1: exactly and you know i agree with your um the way we should do things. And I really love Danielle Smith. Like, I haven't loved the premiere that much ever, probably. She mm-hmm. is amazing. And I think she's really setting the, the blueprint for other um, provinces. I don't know about the dude we have, Doug Ford. Like, he <laughs> conservative. serve I,
0: I, I have a lot of feelings about Doug Ford and <laughs> Just... not many of them are good.
1: So so have I, but unfortunately it was that or Del Duca and I was like, Absolutely yeah. not Del Duca. I call him Lex Luthor. Um because yeah. he's just such an idiot. And and then we had uh I don't have very good words to say about the other one, um Andrew Horvath, but she certainly was not my favorite. So it like there was three people that I could vote for and I was like, I don't yeah. wanna force backsneak kids, I don't wanna start paying for gender reassignment surgeries for Ten-year-olds, um, so I guess we're stuck with Doug Ford right now. But I hope that they get rid of him because I hate him and yep. I, I really dislike the whole PC party in Ontario too. Like it's it's not just Doug Ford; it's all of them. You know, Patrick Brown was the, the former um, leader. I don't know if you remember that, but
0: no, that was before my time.
1: Yeah, he in was Canada. he was the leader, and then he got booted out. Thank God, because he would have been horrible. But yeah, anyways, so I think that that's the, the next step for, um, especially for Alberta. Like, you guys are the one who make money. <laughs> like, yeah. well, the L- Laurentian elites are the ones rolling in dough because of you guys, you know? Yeah. And... Yeah, uh... Go ahead. Sorry,
0: you, you go, you go, you go.
1: Yeah, and you guys just get trampled by everything. You know, there's a lot of farmers in Alberta. There's a lot of oil workers in Alberta. And you guys are really the backbone of Canadian economy. And if we lost Alberta, right, we'd be pretty, we'd be a pretty sad little country. Yeah. Because, you know, you guys really, like, the Laurentian elites love to make the rules. And it's always been this way where the Laurentian elites are at, they think they're at the top, right? And they think we have no power. And they make the rules and they kind of just trample on the blue collar class worker. Like I work in the dairy industry and I see the regulations that are just insane for the dairy industry. And it's not just that, it's all the farming industries and oil and all of the big industries. And they just keep putting more and more sometimes ridiculous laws that you have to fulfill. And to me, Freedom Convoy, that's what it was. It was a revolt against the federal government the first one in history from blue-collar
0: class worker of that size anyways. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it, it's getting to the point where a federal government, they, they'll push for their, their own agenda, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because if you look at Alberta, if they, if they went independent, they would have a similar economic standing as Qatar or Dubai. Um, the uae you know the amount of wealth that that province would have as its own country would be insane they'd be like the second or third richest country on earth per capita Mm -hmm. and right now people's come back to that is well the gta makes more money that area makes more money than alberta makes in a year but that's because Alberta has all of the restrictions imposed by the federal government if alberta is allowed to mine oil at the rate they want to and sell it the way they want to they'll be one of the richest countries in the world they have the third, i believe it's the third largest oil reserves and again people will say well um oil's going out of fashion like they're getting rid of it and i agree the use of oil is going to be um very small in the next 50 years when 50 years comes along like the amount of oil we use is going to be tiny in comparison today Mm -hmm. But the oil that the Alberta tar sands has is the oil that we still need. It's good for lubrication and it's good for plastics. That's the big thing. Um, This Saudi oil and Eastern oil is very, very fine and it's great for fuel, but it's terrible for plastics. Like making heavy, dense plastics, which we still need because... If you look in my background right now, everything's made of plastic. Microphone, plastic, phones, plastic, keyboards, plastic, everything. We're not getting rid of plastic. We still need that. And the tar sands oil is the best in the world for it. And that is the future of Alberta's revenue, is that oil. Not at the level it is now, but they're going to use it worldwide for the next two, three hundred years because plastic a material we can't replace right
1: now. Yeah. And Go ahead.
0: Oh, no, know uh, that's pretty much it. <laughs>
1: okay. um, what's crazy is that Justin Trudeau, um, he claims that he cares about climate change and I don't believe that at all. But to me, it would make much more sense to produce our own oil and sell it to Germany because we have such a large country. We can sell to Europe uh, through um. Through the maritimes and then we could sell to i believe it's asia or something through uh bc we have such a large country to me it makes way more sense to kind of have better practices of refining gas which alberta does have you know alberta does a great job refining gas with little pollution right it would make more sense to produce our own canadian oil and sell it and then you know we currently have this ukraine situation going on and germany is practically begging Justin Trudeau to sell them oil and he just raises his hand and just puts a little, little smug face on and you know doesn't care like yep, germany is freezing this winter or they're going to turn on the ukraines right yeah
0: like yeah right now uh, germany's burning coal and Anyone who would care about the environment knows that burning coal is not good. It is bad. Like, coal is horrendous for the environment. Um, not just for CO2 emissions, but for, for NOx emissions, um, for air pollution especially. Like, people are going to start getting, like, soot lung again. Um, and it's, it's real bad for Germany right now, and they're burning coal because they don't have any oil. And we have the ability to ship them oil and we're not doing it. Yeah. Like it's like in the, in the interest of climate change, if he's really care, if he really cares about it in the interest of climate change, selling them our oil and making money is positively affecting the environment because they won't have to burn coal.
1: Exactly. And you know, as a farmer, I see a lot of the policies they have, um, it's just ridiculous to me. Like the whole trying to get rid of the, all the cows. I made so many videos about that. And I'm like, it's ridiculous. Number one, oh, yeah. we need carbon. Like I've never heard anyone say this, but we need carbon in the atmosphere to be able oh, yeah. to grow.
0: Yeah. Like um, when, when people say it's like, oh yeah, if the, if the, if the world increases by two degrees Celsius, we're all going to die. Right, I just I just bring them back to the Cretaceous period, and I'll get the exact stat. Um, uh, the exact stat. Um, there's over during the Cretaceous period, the average temperature was 15 degrees higher than it is today, and carbon dioxide levels were over a thousand parts per million,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is more than double what it is today. And that was when life was at its fullest. That was when you like, you know, you've probably seen the the programs, like the dinosaur programs where you have these like dragonflies, which are like four, four meters long. You know, that's, that's (laughs) the Cretaceous period. That's when life was at its best. You know, that's when life was at its biggest and its fullest. The whole planet was covered in rainforest. You know, that was when life was at its best. And it's hotter than it is today. And there's more carbon dioxide than there is today. You know, I... I understand that climate change is also about weather patterns changing, mm-hmm. but people can migrate. That's the thing. Like, if weather patterns change and certain areas become cold, certain areas become hot. That that's it is what it is. Yeah. Um, we've decided to live in ridiculous places. <laughs> Australia is an example. Like, you're part of the food system in Australia every day. Like, you're not allowed to like brush your leaves because the spider could come out and kill you you know like that's a genuine thing you know you go out in your garden and there's a crocodile in your in your swimming pool it's like why do you choose to live there you know I understand like people like yeah I didn't choose to live here but the world as a whole can make a change to help move people but that, that takes the world working together and people don't want to do that you know it's all it's a lot of selfishness um, and obviously I don't I don't want climate change to happen, but I don't want to destroy our way of life in order to uh, speed it up or slow it down a minute bit. You know, like, it's going to change. You know, but we can do stuff to improve this, this situation, but destroying your own way of life to do it is not viable.
1: And, and that's the thing. They want to destroy our way of life. But Justin Trudeau and the World Economic Forum and all of these people who push this crap on us, they're still flying their private jets everywhere. They're still driving their 12 motorcade vehicles. They are yep. still wearing their expensive clothes. They're still doing every single thing that they wanted to do. And guess what? They were doing everything they wanted during COVID as well. It yep. stopped Justin Trudeau. Like you saw him go maskless in Costa Rica. How many times It's all about control. Like as a farmer, I like I was listening to um, I live in the GTA, but, you know, I was up north. My parents are in northern Ontario and in GTA pretty much every single day this summer, they were saying there is a heat warning in effect. It was 25 degrees.
0: Yeah, that's that's not a heat warning.
1: (laughs) And, And it was hear this it was 10 degrees in the morning. Like that's the coldest we've ever had it in recent time since I can remember. I'm only 23, but since I can remember, I don't remember it being this cold. Like I remember I posted a video on TikTok and it kind of went like a little viral and it was about climate change. And it was like the maps, right? One was in red and one was in green. And then the the degrees were higher than the red ones. And I said to myself, like, do they think we're just dumb? Like I was sitting outside in 15 degrees and I was like, yo guys, it's 15 degrees and we're in July. Yeah. And they're saying there's a heat warning in effect. like what in the world is going on here? Like if anything, there's a cooling, it's cooling in effect because it's too cold because it's 15 degrees, you know?
0: Yeah. And, and until we get 50 degrees in January... And we start breaking records every year. Because the thing is, they say we're breaking records every year. But the records we're breaking are like, oh yeah, so over the course of the past 14 days, it's been the hottest on record. as a new broken record. I'm like, so you've just taken statistics and just made it the right level for it to pass your record-breaking year. You know, Mm -hmm. like our winters are still cold. Our summers have always been hot. They'll always stay hot. You know, it's just little bit little bits change. Or oh, oh yeah, we had record rainfall in July this year and it's just like, well, yeah, because something happened, like a hurricane made its way like round the top and into into Alberta or whatever, and that's why it happened. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not it's not climate change, it's just like stuff happens, right?
1: Yeah. But... Yeah, and they were saying, you know, when there was the hurricanes in in Florida and in the Maritimes, they are like, oh, my God, this is man-made. This is because of climate change. I was like, there's hurricanes when you're near the ocean. Like, you're near the ocean, bro. Like, what do you expect? It's like us, you know, we have earthquakes sometimes because we're in the middle, not clear, like, I don't live in Nova Scotia because I don't really want to live in hurricanes, you know? through that I don't really want to have my house washed away because of that therefore I don't live near the ocean it's literally ridiculous that they're saying oh this is man-made this is because of climate change I was like did hurricanes not exist before like am I missing something here
0: yeah like we know hurricanes have been around since the start of time um you know, that's how all of the, the pirates and stuff in the 1500s, 1600s in the Caribbean were always going shipwrecked, you know? all so You hear all the shipwrecked stories, mm-hmm. and it's because of hurricanes. But they just didn't know. They'd just be like, on the scene, and then one minute this hurricane comes in, and they're gone because they can't track the weather. And the more you track the weather, you just kind of have a confirmation bias. And you just like, oh, yeah, it's getting worse. Oh, this one's bad. Oh, this one's bad. This one's bad. This one's bad. And... It's, it, it's, just, it's it's just there's a lot of confirmation bias, um, and we've got a lot of like the statistics we use are very short term, and we don't have any historical uh, copies of these of these changes to be able to make that confirmation that the data we have is correct. Yeah. You know, we've only we've only got like close like well documented data for like the past 100, 150 years, maybe, arguably. But we don't have satellite data for then. We've only got that since like, what, the 60s? So, or the 70s, maybe, like satellite imagery and stuff, or maybe even 80s, like proper stuff. So like, we're just using these patterns and we're going, oh yeah, this is it. But we don't know what happened in 420 BCE, um, CE or whatever, like we could have had a hundred years of really hot weather then but we don't have any record of that you know we only have a guess or carbon dating but carbon dating is accurate to a certain point but then there's other parts where it's not accurate so it's just like there's a lot of people who are just like oh yeah that that works with my point so I'm going to use that and use that as my confirmation and it just becomes biased but we need a lot more data to support what scientists are saying, cause I agree with what a lot of scientists are saying, but, um, I think the level of influence we have is, uh, not as high as they're declaring.
1: Yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, we, I look at Sri Lanka and I look at the Netherlands as examples. Sri Lanka right now is basically they've cut 100% of the fertilizer use. And I was like, you can't do that unless you increase your herd of cow by twice, three times, four times, five times, because we need fertilizer. <laughs> like it doesn't matter if it comes out of the butt of a cow or it comes as chemical fertilizer, we need fertilizer to be able to grow the amount of food to feed the planet, right? Or to feed a country. And Sri Lanka, they cut the fertilizer and I don't know if they cut the amount of cows or they just kept, or maybe they didn't have cows there, but now they're in a revolt and they've revolted against the government and they're killing everything. So you care about the gov- no. uh, the um, environment, but you're letting them kill everything. You're letting them cut all the wood. So there's gonna be no wood in Sri Lanka in a few years. They're killing every single animal that's on the street. Like It doesn't matter if it's a cat or a rat or anything, they'll kill it because they're hungry. Right. And is that really better than having a bit more carbon, which people talk about carbon. Carbon is essential to plants. It's that's why it's crazy to me that they're trying to get rid of the cows. I mean, I know why they're trying to get rid of the cows, but you know, they say, oh, well, let's get rid of the cows. Right. But Mm -hmm. how are you going to grow plants? If you have no carbon, like you're, you say, you want to get rid of all your carbon from vehicles, okay, fine, let's do that. But if you get rid of every single thing that produces carbon, your plants are gonna not grow and we're gonna yep. all die. You know what I yep. mean? And it's like, if you wanna cut your fertilizer use by 30%, and I'm not opposed to that, you also have to re- like increase your, or not cow, si- uh, cow herd, but any type of ruminant animal herd by, at least 30% and have those animals be on that land that doesn't have the fertilizer it's possible it's been done it's just that well they obviously well, do want yeah. us to eat meat so like what are they going to yeah. do with the cows you know like
0: well yeah that's the question it's like oh yeah we're just not going to eat meat anymore what do we do with the, the the billions of chickens do we just do we just seven free they're like are they free now <laughs> you know like are we gonna have like chicken migrations or are they just gonna kill them all so it's just like what, what do you do yeah. um it's it's kind of crazy it's like it's the, the saying you know chopping your nose off to spite your face is they're trying to change everything at the flip of a flip of a coin it's just like yeah today we meet and tomorrow we don't and it's just they don't look at the long-term issues you know like this war in Ukraine with all of the grain problems, like, because I think it's a third of the world's grain comes out of Ukraine and Russia or whatever. Mm -hmm. So like, we're we're down to 66% of our grain. And then they start going, right, we're getting rid of fertilizers. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I understand cutting back on fertilizers, but right now is not the right time to do it. You know, but they won't make that decision because they know if they go, okay, we were going to do this, but we're not because of this then the opposition party which was trying to n- make them not get rid of fertilizers in the first place will start saying oh yeah we did it we made them not get rid of fertilizers and then that party in return will be like okay well we're going to do it then and that's why they do it it's not even about making the world better it's about saying they're going to do something and doing it and then just trying to bs their way through to make people believe that they made the right decision Exactly. It's, uh, the the world's just it's in a bad spot like politics needs massive reform Mm -hmm. and i wish like this is the thing right it's like if i could just be fascist for a week and lead the country i could make so many positive changes but it's never gonna happen so it's hard to uh it's hard to even kind of give ideas because people will just fight you because it doesn't it doesn't make sense for them
1: Yeah, and that's why, you know, I've been working on my website, Earth Cows, for quite some time. I don't know if you know about it, but it's to decentralize the food system because I'm like, I'm not going to trust the government to feed me anymore. Like, I'm good, you know, and I can feed myself. Like, I have cows, right? So I'm literally, like, one of my calves, he's going to go in my freezer, like, in a few months. And I can certainly feed myself. It's everyone else that I'm worried about because, you know, we have such a monopoly on everything in Canada, but specifically your food that I'm like, i you know, if I can create this de- like decentralized way of doing groceries or, you know, buying directly from the farmer, cause we don't yep. have that right now, I will do it. And I, I have done it actually. Um, it's just launching like right now, just about now <laughs> and, yeah. um, cause I, I'm not gonna, like, I'm to the point in pol- like with politics in Canada where I just, don't even care about politics anymore. Like I'm just to the point, like I'll fight maid, I'll fight gender bullshit. But when it comes to giving them power or saying like, please fix our food system. I don't trust them to do it. So it's something that I decided to do myself. I was like, you know what, like, screw you guys, I'm going to do my own thing. And if people want to buy into what I'm doing, great. And some people are always going to say, well, the government, this, the government, that, they have control. And I'm like, no, they don't. Yep. Like, there's 30 million of us in here. Or 40, maybe. I don't even know. Yeah, it's
0: coming up to 40 million. I mean, it's just past 38, but it'll be 40 million in the next couple of years. Yeah. But, yeah, like, we we try to buy all of our food now from uh, the local Hutterite colony.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Their prices are really good. Their, their meat is it's unreal. Like, the first time I had their minced beef... um what do you call it, ground beef over here? I call it mince mince beef, because mm. it's mince, right? But uh, ground beef, um, I was just like, wow. Like, is this what it's meant to taste like? It was so much more red, you know? It just had so much more flavor, and when you cooked it, there was so much more left. And I'm just like, wow, this is how it's meant to be, straight from the farm, instead of going from the farm to a big factory, filled with chemicals and binding agents to make it bigger and then resold through shops for more profit. And it's just, and you know, the money is going straight to the farmer as well. And it's not going to a corporation and given to a guy because he owns a shop, you know, like he owns, he owns Walmart. So he gets, you know, he gets one cent of every single packet of beef sold and they sell hundreds of thousands a year and he's making absolute millions just because he's there and he can. And it's good to know that you're supporting a local business and actually contributing to the economy.
1: Exactly. And, you know, there's always going to be a percentage of people who are not, you know, I see them sometimes. So they're like, oh, farmers is so expensive. Yeah, it's expensive right now, but give it five years. And if you start buying, let's say, like, my dad has, uh, like, 30 beef cows, right? So we get about... Yeah. 25 to 30 calves per year right now we keep three calves two to three calves per year for meat and then everything else goes to the feedlot which then goes to cargill which then goes through like the grocery store chains and the big fast food chains let's say if my dad were to sell every single of his animals locally he would make so much more money and then would be able to have reasonable price and we do have reasonable prices, but yep. you know, people don't think like that. They think like, Oh, right now this is benefiting me, but guess what? You buy ground beef from the grocery store at like $10 a pound, or you buy ground beef in a bigger quantity at $6 a pound from your farmer, you're saving money, you know? Yep. And it's like you said, like, Right now I'm forced to eat from the grocery store because my mom went carnivore and my dad ran out of meat because I used to get all my meat for free from my dad. And then because we didn't anticipate her going carnivore this year, we ran out of meat. So then obviously I wasn't getting free meat anymore and I was forced to eat the meat from the grocery store. And it's disgusting compared to what I'm used to.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's one thing I, I, I realized moving across to Canada. Uh, the standard of food is so much lower, mm-hmm. um, over here compared to the UK, and it's so much more expensive as well, like, yeah. uh, like a chicken in the UK, you could buy a full chicken, like, you know, when you can go into like Walmart and buy a cooked chicken, mm-hmm. like, I don't know how much it is in Ontario, but like in Alberta right now, it's about $13 for a cooked chicken. In the UK, it's like 3 pounds fifty, pounds maybe, which is a big one, yeah. which is like $6 for a cooked chicken. And yeah, it's, it's just so like, I don't, I don't get why it's so expensive over here. I understand cause obviously much bigger country mm-hmm. and it's got to get transported. and there's the costs, but if you buy local, you no longer have those costs because you don't have to have the cost of shipping it across the BC, then shipping it back over to Nova Scotia for something and shipping it back over here before it ends up in the shop in Saskatchewan to be sold. You know, it just goes. From the farm in Ontario, ten miles down the road mm-hmm. into the local shop and boom. You know, it's it just cuts the middleman out, the food's a better quality, and that's why everything needs to get decentralized. And I, I every every single time people ask me, it's like, What's your politics? I'm always like decentralization. Mm. Like, yeah, stop making decisions for the whole place in one place. You know, everyone should make their own decisions. And you should work together as a whole. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And when I started Earth Cows, um, I, you know, that's that's how I'm going to advertise it. Decentralization of our food system. Because essentially right now in Canada, you have one option. You have, either you have to know a farmer or go to a farmer's market, but they're far and few in between. And there's a couple websites here and there that are you know, local, you can buy from your local region, but there's nothing global. And that's what I noticed whenever I started doing research on, you know, food shortages, I've always had kind of this idea in my head to start this website, but I wasn't like, I didn't really want to start it because it's a lot of work. And I started seeing like, there's no, you know, there's an Amazon, there's an Airbnb for hotels. There's nothing for local farms to sell, like to actually sell products on it. There's nothing yep. global, and that's why I'm, that's that's when I decided to start it because I was like, you know what, like, apparently nobody's had this idea yet. I will, I'll start it, and hopefully, you know, I can chill out after because I don't. Yeah. My whole thing is I didn't really want to start my own company, but it like we need a decentralized way to do groceries, to buy food, and if you don't want, it's like Bitcoin, right? If you don't want to opt into that, that's fine. But at least there's that option for the people who, you know, don't want to the, go to the grocery store, who want to eat better, who wants to, you know, give their money to straight to the farmer. And that goes back into the community instead of going to, you know, the big corporations, which then, you know, that goes into the CEO's pockets instead of going and feeding the people. Right.
0: Yep. So how does, how does your website work then? Is it basically like if I was a farmer, I'd sign up to the site and could sell my food through your website Mm -hmm. locally?
1: Yeah. So my website basically works like that. So you have to have products. Um, there's some websites out there that it's just listings of farms, but I didn't think that was a really great idea because personally, as a farmer myself, I wanted something where I put my products on my web on the website. And I don't have to worry about it. And people just come to me, right? Yeah. The listing was website idea. Like I did contemplate it a little bit, but I really wanted a products based website. So right now, if you go to earthcows.com, that's the, um, site you will go and you'll see the products themselves. There's only two farms right now. There's mine and there's a rabbit farm. Um, but yeah, so you put in your location. Location bar doesn't work right now. It's a disaster.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's still I just a moved the domain.
1: That's the problem. I yeah. just moved the domain and then that comes with a lot of problems. But so, yeah, you put in your location ideally when it does work and then you'll find farms and let's say you want ground beef, you know, I have a listing there for a hundred pounds of ground beef definitely don't buy it yet cuz i still don't have the meat but i oh yeah i was like,
0: going to say uh hey, it'd be a long way to ship it from uh, ontario as well <laughs> yeah
1: and, and then ideally i have other ideas for the website too like maybe have um like a subscription based so instead of the farmers selling directly they sell to us and then yeah we like it's like you get a box of meat of mm-hmm. varied, varied variety of meats or whatever um, that's an, another idea, but right now that's just going to be, like, the website. And, you know, it's it's a lot of work for farmers to market their own beef. Um, oh, yeah,
0: 100%. It's
1: actually, like, it's not just beef. It's everything. You can buy anything you want on the website. But, you, like, it's a lot of marketing. It's a lot of work. You have to go to farmers markets, this and that and the other. And this is basically cutting out all of that work. So we do make a very small profit on like the products, but that's basically the way I wanted it because, uh, for me, I, you know, this helps us. We want to make money. We have to sell products. Right. So it helps us. And also the farmer, it's at no cost to them. They can be on the website and not sell anything for like years and it's no cost to them. The only cost comes when we actually sell that product to. Yep. For
0: them so it's kind of a win-win situation um for that so yeah yeah so it's kind of kind of well I understand It's kind of like skip the dishes but for actual real food exactly. um you know i go on i'm like oh i want to buy some i want to buy some steaks and you go on you search for steaks and you go i want to find somewhere quite local and boom find it buy them and then i guess i go pick them up is that is that kind of how it would work um yeah yeah so yeah, so, yeah.
1: You have contact with the producer. I think there's a messaging feature on there. Um, yeah, it is quite new. Like I'm still. Oh yeah. It's been quite a kind of a headache because I was under another domain because my current domain was being used for like the first version of the website and that wasn't really working for me. So then I started, but I didn't want to just take down my website for like two weeks and then while well, I'm redoing it. So I just decided to kind of work with another domain, and then now I'm transferring that that's what I've been doing today and my maps feature is not working so I'm like (laughs) okay like let me call my host provider again but yeah it's been kind of um it's been a fun journey but yeah so the the basic idea is that you put in your location and what you want and you know you're gonna have some produce and then you call the guy you say hey just order from you let me pick it up and you go and pick it up and yeah Pretty simple. Yeah,
0: that's that's awesome. Because, yeah, because right now, um, for where we buy, we buy from the Hutterites, local Hutterites. And obviously, at the moment, they have to have their own website. Mm-hmm. They have to host it. They have to uh, maintain it. They have to check it. They have to make sure this is happening, that's happening. Um, when there's an inquiry, they have to go on and answer it. And this kind of, like, removes a lot of the effort. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's kind of like using facebook marketplace to sell stuff now you just post your advert and then boom it's people come to you and you don't have to advertise your website because right now the only way they get people to their website to buy their meat is by promoting themselves but yeah. earth cows will do that for them you know they'll just be like oh i've just gone to earth cows boom and when it starts building and building like people will find it in belco to them and it's it's great because anyone at any level can use that source to be able to sell their products, yeah, which is fantastic,
1: and it's so easy to use. Like, I can't stress this enough. The problem with my old website was that it was not easy to use, it was not user friendly at all. And also, yeah. we were with PayPal, and that's the main reason why I decided Ooh. to change because I was <laughs> to a conservative platform. Don't worry, yeah. you guys, it's we're off <laughs> PayPal now, so yay! But, <laughs> um, yeah, I was. You know, I just wanted something super easy that I don't have to walk through the producers. You just, you say, list the website, make yourself an account. And then, yeah, you're going to have your, your produce on there. And I don't even approve it. So I would only take it down if it was like an animal abuse case or something. Yeah. You know? But I, I don't even approve it. If, obviously, if I see something ridiculous, like you're selling underwear on my website, I'd be like, okay, what are you doing? <laughs> but <laughs> I'm even um, I'm even going to launch. So you know about Veganuary, right? I don't know if you know about that. I
0: do not, but I'm guessing that people go vegan for a month.
1: In January, in the middle of winter, and they say to save the planet. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so
1: I'm wow. planning to release a counter campaign. And this is all throughout winter so this is gonna be from january to march and it's called cows for the earth and it's, yeah it's eat beef to save the planet basically oh yeah so buy local to save the planet because i just think the veganuary thing i actually saw it on pierce morgan He was yeah. like, just going off about that a couple of years ago on good morning britain and i just laughed and i was like you know the beef industry would be really smart to have like a counter campaign so, oh yeah. I'm gonna like plan to release that. And with that, I'm gonna actually have like a custom, like limited edition soap line on earth cows from like Ah. the beef tallow from my cows that I'm getting to put in the freezer. So I'm gonna collect all that beef tallow and then make a bunch of soaps and sell it on that. But I have to figure out how to actually make soap first. (laughs) And then I'm gonna make t-shirts. And like at yep. least like a custom like merch line for people who are just tired of this whole you know planet. Oh, cows are like you know destroying the planet by eating grass.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah, as soon as you look into like veganism and veganism for the planet, you you realize pretty quick that it's it's not a better way to do stuff. Like with the people who are like, yeah, I care about animals. It's just like, well, to eat vegan, you actually have to kill more animals mm-hmm. than you kill. Um, to eat meat because obviously all of the pesticides and stuff and all of the the stuff that you kill, which doesn't even get eaten, right? Mm. Um, it's just, and then all of the space, the farming space you need to make enough food, like the amount of farm space you need to, to like feed a person for a year compared to if they eat meat is just insane. Yeah. And what do you do about fertilization? Because plants don't fertilize the ground you know you farm a you farm an area so long it it becomes barren right you can't you can't do anything with it unless you refertilize it which you need animals to do or uh, artificial products but obviously they don't want to use artificial fertilizer so it's like what what do you do um it's just yeah it's it, it's one of those things which sounds good you know it's like oh yeah we'll just get rid of eating animals and it sounds like the right thing to do right it sounds like oh yeah that's the right thing to do but in reality, it's not feasible. It's not possible.
1: Yeah. And essentially, so essentially what vegan veganism would actually do to the planet is it would, um, what do you call it? It would essentially desert, desertify it. So mm-hmm. the soil needs nutrients. And right now the vegetables are taking the nutrients from the soil, but we're not actually putting it back. So that's the cow's job would be to poop, you know, on the soil and then bring back the nutrients. There's a lot of nutrients and, you know, other wonderful things in manure. And yep. essentially that's not happening right now. So every single vegetable you buy has less and less nutrients because we're not putting back that, those nutrients in the soil. Even if you put chemical fertilizer on the soil, it doesn't actually put nutrients back in the soil. It just makes the plants grow faster. Right. So essentially Mm -hmm. what's going on in California, for example, is that California is like a desert now because of this plant agriculture, that's destroying everything. Right. And, and when you plow and everything like that, it just destroys the soil. And, you know, I've always said that soil degradation is a much bigger issue than climate change. But the reason why they don't want us to actually care about soil degradation is because if everyone had cows or if we all ate meat and we all, you know, the farmers had cows and we were buying locally, they would lose that monopoly because yes, a lot of people tell me in my comments and TikTok that yes, um, Cargill does kind of have a monopoly on, on meat, but not really because you as a, as a person, right, you're buying from a local farmer and you can, but Plant Agriculture, the new company, I don't know what it's called now, but what form, was formerly known as Masantos, they have a monopoly on every single seed that is sold. They have a full monopoly on that. So that's why Bill Gates, for example, wants us to all go vegan. Not only would it be great for you know his big pharma the dreams but it would also be great for the fact that he owns a huge percentage of the seed companies that yep. are GMOs that were formerly known as Masantos. I've to do research on what that is, what it is called now, but it used to be Masantos and yeah, that's
0: yeah. Like any, yeah. Anytime somebody with influence ever tells you to do something, you always have to question the intentions. Um, because you, the example, like the celebrities, you know, Kim Kardashian will be like, "Oh yeah, we have to save the planet," and then two days later, she takes a twenty-minute flight from downtown LA to San Francisco. It's just like, okay, save the planet, but you just did that. That's like that flight there is the same carbon as someone produces in a year, and you just did it for a twenty-minute flight to save yourself an hour of traffic. And it's always, is always something behind people promoting that sort of stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: never it's never for the good of the earth. Some people there are there for the good of the earth. Um, but they're not the ones which have the big influence. Because you don't get a big influence from being there just for the good of the earth.
1: Yeah. Like, you know, I think it was Woody Harrelson or something who made a really good documentary on soil degradation. I was pretty surprised about that because I don't actually care about celebrities. But I, I like that documentary it was pretty good. But yeah, the celebrities, they don't care. Like Justin Trudeau doesn't care. You know, like he has no. a 20. And another one is I don't want to really shit on the Catholic Church, but the Pope pretends like he cares about climate change too, right? You always hear him say that. Yeah. And number one, he's in the World Economic Forum. Number two, he has a 20-person motorcade. Like it makes no sense. It makes no sense.
0: Yeah. I I'm not even sure the pope's religious in all honesty. I don't think
1: he is either. I think he's a no. Another...
0: <laughs> Cuz <'Cause,
1: laughs> we're not gonna get into that
0: right Yeah, like to some of the stuff he comes out with, I'm just like, are you are you really following this book, or are you just uh are you just trying to stay relevant at this point? Cuz like he came out and said he believes in evolution. Um he came out and said he believes in gay marriage. And I'm just like that that's just I was just like I was like, fair play to you, but I'm not sure they picked the right person to lead the Catholic Church. But yeah. Yeah. let's not let's not get into that uh <laughs> an- that can of worms.
1: We could have another hour of discussion.
0: Oh oh a hundred percent, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, even you know even the very Catholic people they're kind of sick of the Pope right now. <laughs> yeah. Because even COVID, like, they were, like, all for, like, COVID. And they were all for the vaccines. And, you know, my church, they, like, forced us to wear masks. And I was, like, why are we doing this? You know? It makes no sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's just crazy. Okay, so we should probably end it. Um, Okay. If you can stay on the line, like, just a bit. Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, so, everyone, you can visit Dave on his TikTok account, Alberta Immigrant. And is there anywhere else you'd like to send um, our listeners?
0: Uh, Right now, no. I'm kind of just purely um, on uh, TikTok really for most of my social uh, stuff. So for now, just Alberta Immigrant. If you're there um, in future, if you listen in the future, um, there'll probably be a link tree if I have moved to other platforms as well. I I have the intention of moving to Vine when that comes out. Um, but for now, yeah, just on TikTok at Alberta Immigrant.
1: Yeah, so go check him out, you guys, and thank you so much. Thank you.